0: June 11th, Acts chapter 7, verse 51, through chapter 8, verse 13. You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. Must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? But your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the Righteous One, the Messiah, whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily upward into heaven and saw the glory of God. AND HE SAW JESUS STANDING IN THE PLACE OF HONOR AT GOD'S RIGHT HAND. AND HE TOLD THEM, LOOK, I SEE THE HEAVENS OPENED AND THE SON OF MAN STANDING IN THE PLACE OF HONOR AT GOD'S RIGHT HAND. THEN THEY PUT THEIR HANDS OVER THEIR EARS, AND DROWNING OUT HIS VOICE WITH THEIR SHOUTS, THEY RUSHED AT HIM. THEY DRAGGED HIM OUT OF THE CITY AND BEGAN TO STONE HIM. THE OFFICIAL WITNESSES TOOK OFF THEIR COATS, and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, "'Lord Jesus, receive my spirit!' And he fell to his knees, shouting, "'Lord, don't charge them with this sin!' And with that he died. Saul was one of the official witnesses at the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles fled into Judea and Samaria. Some godly men came and buried Stephen with loud weeping. Saul was going everywhere to devastate the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into jail. But the believers who had fled Jerusalem went everywhere preaching the good news about Jesus. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to what he had to say because of the miracles he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. A man named Simon had been a sorcerer there for many years, claiming to be someone great. The Samaritan people, from the least to the greatest, often spoke of him as the Great One, the Power of God. He was very influential because of the magic he performed. But now the people believed Philip's message of good news concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. As a result, many men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself believed and was baptized. He began following Philip wherever he went, And he was amazed by the great miracles and signs Philip performed. It's the same thing here. I can't make you fall in love with
1: Jesus. I can make the introduction. Okay? You can walk in this room and I can tell you, listen, God, who's the creator of the world, the only one that matters, he so loves you. More than your wife, more than your kids, more than your mom, your dad, any friend, any girlfriend, boyfriend, he's crazy about you. He so loved the world so much that he gave his son. Man, do you understand how wicked you were, how much you rebelled against him? And he he loved you in the midst of that while you were a sinner. He gave his son. Can you believe that? His son, and and he watched his son on a cross, I mean, who does that? What kind of love is that? That watches his son die for someone else. And, and, and then his son rises from the grave. After being buried for three days, he just gets up by the power of the spirit and he's just talking and you know, ascends back into heaven. And then he can put his spirit inside of you. He'll change everything. What an amazing God. And some of you will go, mm, that's nice. And I can make that introduction and seriously, nothing will happen until somehow here, like Paul says, the Holy Spirit gives you a strength to know, to know, interesting phrase, that you may know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge he lets you know something that you can't know you get to a a depth of this real understanding in your inner man this knowledge of God loves us oh how he loves us and we sing these songs with this depth and this understanding of oh I get that Oh, how he loves us. See, I can make the introduction, but for you to get that love, that happens as I get on my knees and pray for this and say, God, would you grant this to them? Because if they got your love, they wouldn't love their sin so much. If they got your love, they wouldn't fight with each other. You realize there has never been, never in the history of this earth, a spirit-filled couple that has divorced. Never. So the issue is not about his needs or her needs or love languages or this or that. The issue is somehow, as individuals, you don't understand the love of Jesus. You don't understand him. You don't get him. You haven't been filled with that love. And so that's why you start fighting and arguing and quarreling. It's because of that emptiness that you want that other person to fill. It all goes back to this. See, that's the core issue. I think about how many hours I've wasted counseling in marriages when it really wasn't about the marriage. And it's like, no, you don't really understand how much God loves you, do you? You don't really understand this love of Christ that surpasses knowledge to you you understand how much you would just be filled just in him to where you'd be overflowing and so you need this and need this from other people so let me just get on my knees and pray that you would really understand the love of Christ that you'd be strengthened into the in the inner man not the outer and we all understand the outer some of you guys spent a lot of time this morning looking at the outer man or outer woman Um, fixing it up, looking right and everything else. And how much time did you spend on that inner man? Just praying, no, it's about my soul. My soul is ugly right now. And And I want this. I need this love of Christ to get it.